0: New York Artists Collective and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast this next one's about. We are back, it is 2019 and we are so excited to bring you a brand new range of artists for your listening pleasure. Um, this is the podcast, if you are not familiar, where we interview one of our favourite artists to discuss a song of theirs uh, and their creative process. My name is Stephanie Mans, a singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artists Collective producers and today's guest is one of Finland's finest exports. That's actually quite difficult to say. And uh, she's a singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Janita is here to tell us about her experiences in the music industry since growing up as a pop teen sensation in Finland to becoming a singer-songwriter and artist in her own right right here in New York City. Welcome to the New York Artist Collective podcast this next one's about. Um, I've been so looking forward to chatting to you. Um, We caught up a little while ago and we had so much fun chatting about all things music and um, the the industry and all sorts so I'm, I'm delighted to speak to you today so welcome to the show. So much so great to be here. So um, you are going to play our artist show in January. It's January 26th at Rockwood Music Hall along with Misty Roy and uh, Jesse Standifer um, and I'm really looking forward to that show. I think you guys Me will too. do really well on stage together. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, so um, we are going to talk about your song Traces Upon Your Face mm-hmm. Um, and today I just watched the video for it and it's it's it's, It's. I, I don't know, I, I wasn't what I was expecting, actually. Um, it's sort of, it's quite dark, it's quite haunting. Um, but, you know, it there's, I felt like there was like an element of hope there. Is that kind of what you were going for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there is a lot of hope in the song. Um, and and you're right, it is dark. Also, I actually made that video together with my uh, childhood sweetheart. We, we were childhood sweethearts when we were both 10 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, for a couple of years there, uh, very close and, and grew up, and, and he became this wonderful director. And, uh, you know, we were friends even uh, as adults and, and we wanted to work together. I was really impressed by some of his videos that were on his website, and uh, and I saw that there was depth and, and, and real insight to what he was doing. So, really excited to work with him. And what we ended up doing was this uh, video with puppets and. It was actually made in Barcelona, so I, I traveled all the way over there. The hand puppets were made by a woman named Leonor Margarita, and we were all there in that small room and moving the, the puppets, and, and uh, I even got to oh, wow. handle some of the puppets and do some of the story. But um, it is based on the song. The song is about trust, you know, and the lack thereof, wanting to trust and not being able to because of dark things in your past. But absolutely, the hope is there. And that's, that's what I'm going for. And that's what the character in the video is going for.
0: There was a, I thought it was quite a sweet moment where that sort of hand reached over, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was very lovely.
1: Yeah. And, and you kind of, you don't know whether the hand is, is a good hand or a bad hand, but, but I, I prefer to think of it as a, as a good hand. Certainly that's what happened in my own life. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> yeah, no, cause you're right. I was watching it going, I'm not sure it, it looks like a nice hand, yes. but I'm not sure. It is. And you kind of had to wait and see what was going to happen. It is.
1: But sometimes even nice things have an ominous look
0: to them at first. So it must have been fun to literally have a hand in the video. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was. It was incredibly powerful. Although I have to say, I mean, I was there for a few days in a row and, you know, you, you keep moving your hand in a specific way for hours and hours or not, maybe not even hours, maybe more like half an hour or so. I ended up having some sort of Injury <laughs> after a repeated movements of my hand, trying to trying to do something very specific a number of times, and and so so I, I came to the conclusion this this kind of thing is not easy
0: either. <laughs> you know, being a puppeteer is not is not what you would think. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Okay, well, let's have a listen, and then we can um, have a bit more of a chat about it. Do you want to introduce your your song? Well, this is traces upon your face. <laughs> Traces Upon Your Face from your album Didn't You My Dear Um, and that was from 2015 Mm -hmm, that's right and so let's let's go back let's go back to when you were you were a a, a tiny wee thing Um, (laughs) not a tiny wee thing so you're from Finland that's right originally Mm -hmm. and uh, you started your music career quite young yeah I was uh, 13 years old that's young that is young that must have been fun though as a 13 year old pop star Um, it was it's certainly I think
1: maybe mostly fun I think there's also elements to it which, um, which are more challenging. Uh, and, and there are pressures that come along with, with you know, you're basically, you're working like adults are at a very young age. And, and, uh, and also the responsibility of saying the right thing because you're in the public eye and speaking to the media um, and you don't really know who you are just yet. So, mm-hmm. so um, that's really challenging for a 13, 14-year-old. But, um, but overall, I mean, music is what I've wanted to do ever since I was uh, very, very young. The fact that i I got a chance to be a professional singer already at thirteen years old that was just amazing, and somehow, you ended up in New York, yeah, uh, so I moved to New York uh, when I just turned seventeen, and uh, it was due to all the success that I'd been having in finland and and that had grown, and also it had grown into interest here in the states and in Europe. And um, and uh, I, so I moved with my producer and manager when I was seventeen.
0: And we were when we were chatting before. Um, we had quite an interesting conversation, as you know. You were saying that you got into music before really the digital era, when you know there was still money in music. <laughs> <laughs> this is true.
1: Yeah. That's when people used to buy CDs and cassettes and records, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is a, is an interesting time to be an artist now. It always has been, but right now it's, it's challenging for different reasons. What do you see as the biggest challenge? Well, I think the biggest challenge globally, I think, for for middle class artists such as me, is, is that artists don't get paid for their work properly. So we're talking about streaming services, for example. Um, you know, you have to have like 380,000 plays of your song in a month in order to have just minimum wage.
0: Is that what the is that what it is three hundred eighty thousand? If I'm not wrong, I, I believe
1: those are the numbers. Yes, and it's it's pretty staggering, you know, because the only people who are making money off of streaming right now are you know the ones in the top pyramid, like like one one percent of artists. So so the rest of us are really really having a challenging time time of it because streaming having started. Um, people just don't buy records anymore. And that's how we used to make our living. So,
0: you know, a lot of it's obviously about touring and and if you can sell records, you know, and I, I in, in terms of, you know, we were just chatting about uh, cassettes, you know, I, I know a lot of artists actually aren't doing, aren't printing CDs anymore. They're just going straight with vinyl.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Which is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I think, I think the movement will probably be more towards vinyl than it will be towards uh, cassettes. I hope so. but
0: um, <laughs> well, we will see. We we will see indeed. So you've been in New York since you were seventeen. So that's um, a little while. Um, um, and you know some of the things that you've you've accomplished here have been have been really interesting. And and you were saying that you had met Blake Morgan, which um had sort of trans transformed uh, your musical career. Yeah, that's right. So how did that come about? Meeting meeting Blake. We met about nine years ago.
1: Um, we started working within a month of that meeting, like um, we met at a gala for a witness organization, which is uh, Peter Gabriel's um, humanitarian organization. And uh, we were sitting next to each other and and I gave him my CD and, and he listened to it and was, was quite blown away by it. And so he contacted me uh, the very next day. And within a month, we were working together. Within a half a year from there, uh, we put out uh, my album Haunted on ECR Music Group. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, it's it's just been one of those chance meetings that just completely transformed your life. I found somebody who who had the same values and, and the same similar experiences, actually, within the music industry. And someone who shares that spark for art and for music. And I think us having met, we've just been sparking off of each other ever since. Um, he produced my... My album, didn't you, my dear? And um and we worked together uh to create that. I, I did write all the songs, but he's been somebody in my life who has really empowered me to be more as an artist and also just be more as a human being. Uh, he's really encouraged my my intelligence and and my writing and my songwriting and my performance and and You know, we've been able to um, give each other, uh, you know, constructive feedback over the years that we've known each other in a way which has really helped each of us grow as artists. So for me, he's, he's the most important musical partner that I've ever had in my life. And I just feel very grateful to have met him because where I am right now as an artist just simply wouldn't be possible without him.
0: sounds like a wonderful musical partnership and you know i think certainly within anything that we do it's it's incredibly important to have the right people around us and when when people talk about their successes in music and they usually start by saying you know i had a really great support in terms of this person or that person i never hear stories otherwise
1: that's exactly right yeah all the the most inspiring stories about art and artists they they often come in pairs like i you know it's just watching this uh documentary about Toshiro Mifune yesterday, uh, who is um, a wonderful Japanese actor, who was the lead role in in 16 Akira Kurosawa movies. And uh, it's just incredible when, when you see that sort of magic happen in whatever field of art it is, incredibly compelling. And uh, you can understand how that collaboration would, would lead to that sort of magic. I, I really feel like with Blake Morgan, I, I have a, a similar thing happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, and have you found that you've sort of, you know, become more involved in the sort of advocacy side of music as, as he has done?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, I, I share his concern about that. And uh, he's such an eloquent speaker. You know, he's very knowledgeable about politics also. So so it's been interesting to watch his uh, journey within the I Respect Music movement. Um, and I've joined him uh, to Capitol Hill a number of times to speak about musicians and artists' plight when it comes to not being paid properly for for our work. And specifically, we've been talking about the fact that um, that here in the U.S. artists are not paid for when their songs are played on radio and never have been. And so, you know, the U.S. is the only democratic country in the world that doesn't pay artists for when their music is is played on the radio. So, which is which is criminal from from where mm-hmm. I stand so that's the issue that we were specifically
0: talking about uh each time that we went to to Capitol Hill yeah I, I was never really sure like obviously when I find out about that I think I was sort of blown away and I, I didn't understand how that was possible and why it doesn't happen in the. US um versus why it happens anywhere else and I think you know Blake had said that the artists don't get paid I think the songwriters you know get get the royalties from that when it when it goes on air right that's right
2: mm-hmm
1: the songwriters do, but the artists don't. Yeah. So, you know, for example, uh, "Respect," mm-hmm. which Aretha Franklin sings, uh, she never got paid a penny for for that song being on the radio. Um, which is this is not right. She's a U.S. artist, and therefore, the rest of the countries in the world um, embargoed her money and didn't give it to her, even though they would pay the artists in their own countries for when their music were, was playing on the radio. That's a real big problem. And uh, US artists don't even understand that this is going on.
0: I think, you know, I I was speaking with another artist uh, the the other night. And um, just, I think one thing I didn't understand either is, you know, musicians health insurance uh, doesn't hugely exist, you know, in in terms of being freelance, there are all the the sort of things that people don't necessarily think about. And, you know, what comes along with being your own boss in terms of music?
1: Right. Right. And I think, I think there's like a gig economy going on across the board now, and uh, a lot more people are having to deal with the situation where you know they're
0: having to figure out their health insurance on their own. There's there's some problems. <laughs> it's it's tough, you know. But we do it because we love it, and I think that what's the in fact, let me ask you, what is the greatest thrill for you as a musician? Wow. What's your favorite part of it?
1: Wow. Well, I mean, there's there's so many, but I have to say however, <laughs> however down in the dumps I am in the world and whatever happens, I know that I have an outlet, you know, I have something that I can go to that will make me feel instantly better, which is songwriting and playing. I think that's a pretty big thrill in my life to to know that I have something that just fulfills me, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a gift. And I, I think someone explained it to me once and said you know it is a gift it is something that you were given it's not yours right and I found that a really interesting thought
1: yeah that is interesting yeah it, it feels like it's it's something that's bigger than you you know
0: yeah in terms of creating actually and I, I've I've heard I think it was um there's a there's a number of people who kind of describe it as this but when you have an idea what does it feel like I mean does it feel like it's sort of something that's sort of coming through you and you have to get it down before you lose it
1: yes and no for me ideas don't just come i have to work for them or i have to give them space i have to be able to stop give it the the space that it requires and if i don't do that the idea doesn't come at all so when i do give it that space and time to happen you know i I try to give it enough space so it can come out as a whole and at some point i realize okay now it's done (laughs) there it is this mm-hmm. is finished, I mean, not that the song is finished or that the idea is finished, but it's like, I'm not gonna get anything more out of this today. And I'm gonna have to give myself another opportunity later on to, to work on this. So, But I, I do think that creativity doesn't just happen on its own. It really requires
0: you- uh, Consistency.
1: Yeah, consistency and also putting it on, on your agenda. Yeah, you can't just be waiting around for, for inspiration to take place. You have to sit down and have it, if that makes sense.
0: Turning it back to New York for a second and how long you've been here and the progressions that you've made within the city. And it's a very hard city to be an artist. I I personally feel that there are a limited number of music venues that are open to original music. And there is a community there, but I think it just takes a while to tap into. And you have done a number of different things in terms of concert series. And I think you've recently finished one um, at Arlene's Grocery. You've done that for a little while. I, I did it for two years.
1: That was uh, that was really transformative for me, actually, because it it gave me the opportunity to meet other artists because I had like a special guest mm-hmm. for, for each performance. I was doing a concert every other month at a venue. And, and every time I had a special guest who I played a song with, either their song or, or a cover song or my song. And it just gave me the opportunity to, to see how other people work and see what other people are doing and just get to know other artists in the city Mm -hmm. it just kind of expanded my community and and energized me and pushed me to try different things
0: yeah so i think you know that's certainly something that we're trying to do with the the artist collective is to kind of put people together and um just put them on stage see how how they vibe together and then you know we've certainly um had a few artists kind of go off and and do different things and different projects together which is lovely for us to see um so you know with any luck you may you may find a rapport on stage with someone and you may create something new so we are excited <clears throat> so in terms of so what's coming up for you what are you working on just now well I'm uh, I've been writing new songs for
1: quite a while now and uh I'm starting to talk about making a new record gonna start moving towards the studio now <laughs> and and that's that's what I'm Probably most excited about but then there's also I know that there's a European tour coming up also next year and, and hopefully some other touring as well um, in addition to concerts in New York so there's a lot of exciting things up in the air and um, sort of new networking that I've been doing recently has, has grown into new opportunities for me I think 2019 is actually going to be
0: a really big year for me
1: if I say so myself.
0: <laughs> I hope that it is. I'm sure that it will be. You've definitely put in the hard work over the, well, gosh, over a number of years and, uh, certainly very deserving of it. This has been very fun and I'm very much looking forward to the show, Rockwood Music Hall. Details on our website. And, um, obviously people can catch you on, I don't know, where are you most active? Are you most active kind of on your website? Are you most active on Instagram? If people want to find out more about you and keep up to date with all of your tour dates and things, where should they look?
1: Um, I have a website, yanita.com uh, So my name is spelled J-A-N-I-T-A, yanita.com My Twitter, my Instagram handle, and my Facebook handle are all the same. It's Janita Artist all together so Janita artist
0: thank you so much for joining me this evening um thank you so much for having me my pleasure i'm really looking forward to it as i, as I keep saying um and <laughs> me i too i'm really looking forward to seeing you guys on stage together i really have a good feeling about the vibe i do love too. good vibes um yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right well we'll speak to you soon Yes, thank you. The very fabulous Janita. And you can catch her alongside Mishti and Jesse Standifer at Rockwood Music Hall on January 26th at 6pm. Tickets for that are in our bio on Instagram at New York Artists Collective. And of course, you can find out more about Janita at Janita, that is J-A-N-I-T-A dot com. And of course, uh, her links are in the episode details. Next week, we'll be featuring the third and final artist from our upcoming show. Uh, Jessie Standifer, pop artist and LGBT activist, will be here uh, to tell us about one of her songs. So please do join us for that. I'm Stephanie Manns. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. New York Artists Collective.